Welcome to the Coin Podcast Network. From getting to work and school to getting outside and away from it all, weather impacts everything we do. And a look at some stats over the summer season. From Portland's most accurate forecast team. A stretch of time where we're dry is um, kind of interesting. With meteorologist Kelly Bayard. Models weren't pointing to much significant rain. And Joseph Dames. Yeah, it's been a real spring roller coaster. The last this is your weather. Hey, hey. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. Good morning. Feels good to be back in the studio with the two of you. It does. Yeah. It's it's very uh intimate in this in this room. It's just like a nice vibe. The lights are great and uh these mics are Really nice, too. It sounds great. It does sound great. It's better than uh, Joseph working from home, Kelly working from here, me working in my closet at my house. Um, it's nice to be back together. And uh, we're here today to talk a little winter weather. Sure are. Kelly published an article on coin.com last week. Did very well for us. But we need to have a discussion about what we're expecting to get out of this winter and how much snow we're going to see and how much rain we're going to see and how many days of school we're probably going to miss and all the fun <laughs> stuff that everybody in Portland wants to know. Headed into the winter, first of all, because I have to steal the host's role here, an icebreaker question. Oh, I love these. Yeah, such a blast. <laughs> What'd you say, Joseph? Such a blast. Such a blast. Yeah. They're so fun. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first movie? I'll start with you, Kelly. What's the first movie you remember seeing in the theater? Oh, gosh. That would be Pocahontas. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was an earlier one, but I, I really remember going to the theater for that one, sitting in a theater, getting popcorn for the first time. Uh, that I don't know when that Disney movie was released, but I was, you know, maybe five or six around that age. Did you enjoy the theater experience? Were you instantly, yeah. uh, hey, I want to, I want to go back to more movies, or was it like, nah, it's kind of too loud and too too many people and this isn't for me. I loved it. I thought it was the the slickest thing that a TV could be that big. You know, you finally <laughs> yeah. get to uh, you get your own chair. It's very comfy plus all the food. So it was it was a real blast to uh, go see it in theaters. And then, you know, since then I've been going to movies all the time. So theaters remain um, part of my weekend activities. I just saw Dune. That was really cool. Rock on. Yeah. yeah. That was an cool. awesome movie. I keep I keep seeing it come up on my uh, on my smart TV. Mm. And I keep holding off because, like, no, I think I think this is the one that's going to get me back to the theater. Get the mm-hmm. experience. Like, yeah, go to the IMAX. Need I've heard go, the yep. whole IMAX thing. Oh is yeah, crazy. Joseph, first movie in a theater for you? I can't recall. I remember the one that was um, that I really remember, but I was definitely a little bit older. Was Jurassic Park? I remember seeing Jurassic Park. <laughs> in the first the, original one with Jeff Goldblum. Scary. And, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is a scary movie. Yeah, yeah. So I was a little bit older, obviously. I, I can't recall. I, you know, I guess we didn't go to the movie theaters very often. And if we had, I, I don't remember. We rented movies a lot, you yeah. know, the, the local establishment uh, nearby. But uh, Jurassic Park was one of the more you know, memorable movies I saw. It's a cool movie. It's still up there in terms of movies I've seen in a theater because I was still in my, my late junior high and it was – it was loud and boom and, yeah. and scary and dinosaurs and it was great. It was a really it's well done Jurassic movie. Park. It was I Jurassic mean, Park. Yeah. <laughs> Good acting, I guess. Yeah. yeah. For what it was. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we are back in the studio. Coin Podcast Network executive producer Ian Costello here with Coin6 morning meteorologist Kelly Barron and Coin6 weekend meteorologist Joseph Dames. We're here to talk about some winter weather. 
I've read your article, Kelly. I've I've gone back and forth doing some research, trying to remember what the last couple winters around Portland looked like. I think what we need to start out with, and I'm going to let you guys dominate most of this conversation because as much as I am a weather nerd, I want people to be able to hear from the experts on this. But we need to start with talking about this La Nina. Before we get into what it means for this winter, let's get a quick definition of what it is. So question to either of you, and I'll let you pick and choose who answers this first one. What is La Nina? Well, pretty much uh, La Nina is this cooler than average sea surface temperatures out in the eastern equatorial Pacific. And it uh, it goes in phases. Sometimes it's uh, warmer, sometimes it's cooler. But the La Nina uh, definition is uh, cooler water in that section, which will impact the global weather pattern as we head into the winter and the summer. But uh, we more see that impact in the winter here in the Pacific Northwest. So it's just a change in water temperature in the ocean. Yeah. And that's what's so simple yet confusing about it. I think um, it's a very important section of the uh, equator where water in that section can really define weather patterns moving into the year. So when they tend to be colder than normal for a good length of time in the year for consecutive months, that can bring about certain uh, global scale weather patterns. And um, La Nina in the Pacific Northwest tends to bring us cooler and wetter weather. And that's because we just get this ridge that aims the jet stream straight into our region from the Northwest. And it just drives storms after storms that tend to be a little colder too into our region. So that's why we tend to pick up more rainfall, even more snow and uh, for the Cascades and um, some cooler temperatures too in, in these La Nina types of patterns. Yeah, if you could imagine over that cool water sinking air, um, which is, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a good representation of high pressure. So that's that where that ridge kind of forms when it's warm and you have El Nino, you have warmer water and that sometimes will promote, you know, the air to rise and and uh, more action going on in that section. So that kind of changed things up. So that's where that ridge of high pressure kind of forms because it's coming over colder air and it's going to be uh, sinking air. And uh, and then the jet stream kind of rides over the top of it. And that's how it becomes a little more active in the Pacific Northwest. And even though this was, this is a change in ocean temperature at or near the equator in the Pacific, what this does is takes basically a fire hose of a jet stream coming out of our northwest and points it right at the Willamette Valley. Yeah. Um, and it also includes Washington, too. Okay. So not just Oregon, but all across the Pacific Northwest, even up north into areas of Canada and beyond. Um, just great impacts across the West Coast. And although we see this type of pattern, other portions of the globe also are impacted by La Nina. So there can be stormier conditions or drier patterns setting up across the eastern U.S. or, or different sections of the world. Yeah. So we just tend to get more favorable snowy conditions around the Pacific Northwest in these La Nina types of patterns. And it's just so cool how the ocean can impact the atmosphere. They're they're really coupled in nature. So just because our surface temperatures of the ocean are cooler, we can really bring some major impacts to a season here across the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, not very far away down in just the Southwest. It's actually more dry for them in a, in a La Nina yeah. year. So uh, we're pretty much right in the target of the storm track, but the South West, you know, just as close as, you know, Arizona may just be dry or more dry. We've had La Nina winters before, as recently as last year, correct? 
Yes. Last year was a moderate strength La Nina winter. Okay. So if we've seen this before, we've got numbers that tell us what La Nina winters have done in Portland. What traditionally do we see in the greater Portland area from a La Nina winter? Well, if you are a fan of snow, oh yeah, this is <laughs> people are yeah, this is uh, what you want to see because La Niña's, on average uh, or historically, tend to bring more snow to Portland uh, than normal. So let's first talk about what is normal. What do we tend to see on a year-to-year basis? And that is about 4.3 inches of snow. And that's just data that I've averaged from about 1990 to 2020, last year, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of snow that we get uh, per year. So I got about 4.3. The actual official stats are right around there, but uh, they haven't actually come out. The National Weather Service is a little behind this year. With the snow With the snow. Yeah. Totals. Still on that. But really anywhere from about four and a half inches is, is what we typically see in Portland on any given year. But when you look at La Nina years, and we've had a good handful of those um, throughout the last 80 years of data that I looked at, and they tend to bring about 6.6 inches of snow on average. So there you go. That's 50% more, roughly. Roughly, yes. And so you can, just going off that, kind of, you know, it it sets up the odds that we see a greater than normal snow season. Yeah, you get a free extra two inches to play around. Right. Maybe get get a day off. (laughs) I do want to point out that there has been several La Nina years that have just been major snow blowouts. And one of those is back in 08, 09. That winter, we saw 24.2 inches of snow. Do you remember that, Ian? Were you here? I was not here then. Okay. Uh, I had some friends that lived here then, and they still talk about that winter. I think the same way everybody who was here, what was that, three winters ago, when everything just shut down on the 26th and the max got shut down, you know, those- I can't even believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Those years, when we get a lot of snow over a short period of time, the mess that that can cause in the metro area, for sure. So let's get into it. What does this- Second La Nina, what do the two of you, as you're looking at models and studying these numbers and understanding what they've done historically, what does this second La Nina in a row mean for this winter in this region? So something to point out is that this is a La Nina year, but not only that, it's the second La Nina year in a row. So I was curious if that had any impact on um, what it'll look like this wintertime. Yeah. So do you think that there's going to be an increase uh, in snowfall or is it going to be a sure shot? I know there's actually some recent articles that came out uh, going back uh, looking at precipitation. It seems like it's possible that we could have more precipitation on the back-to-back years. But as far yeah. as snowfall goes, what do you think? Yeah, I, I feel like we will definitely get something measurable um, in one of the months, more or less from December and beyond, possibly into March. So um, the odds are good for there to be at least some measurable snow. But um, just going back to simply a La Nina winter, what's also noticeable is the span of La Nina years from about 1999 through about 2010, there were La Nina years where we saw one to maybe three inches of snow, and that's it. So I don't think that a La Nina year always gives us the goods, as in we see a major snowstorm with 10 plus inches. um, But I do see on average that we tend to get measurable snow. Yeah, it looks like about 13% for odds of just a trace or zero snow um, in La Nina snowfall 
years in Portland. So it does seem like we favor more towards getting the snow. And uh, we'll have to see if the back-to-back works. But I, I would I would think so because that's just our general trend. So I feel pretty confident that um, we're going to be closer to probably our mean La Nina year uh, as we yeah. have through this, this winter. I like to think that since we got a big snow blowout last year, we saw 10.1 inches um, in February. That was a mix of ice and snow yeah. that we're overdue for just a quiet season, you know. But, but This is true. This year is a La Nina, which just brings favorable odds for measurable snow in Portland. So a few more of these odds I calculated, and that is just looking at La Ninas from about the 1950s to now. Mm-hmm. 26% odds that we see 10 or more inches of snow. Can you believe that? About a a quarter chance. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Um, About 39% odds of seven or more inches. So that's still above normal. And I chose seven inches just because there were plenty of seasons where um, we saw above normal, but it wasn't quite 10 inches. So seven just um, was a bit arbitrary, but it, it was a solid number. Um, where that amount will absolutely shut down a city. And, uh, you know, we we could see multiple snowstorms that maybe bring one to three inches throughout the wintertime to give us about seven inches. Yeah, we could usually deal with about one inch, I think, is the, the cutoff around here. And then we start getting into multiple inches and it slows things down. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, 48% odds of above normal snow. So that is about a 50% chance we see more than 4.3 inches right. of snow this year. Yeah. And about 57% odds that we see below normal snow so that we don't even reach the average amount of snow. So that is kind of a, a tricky stat to look at. Um, the highest odds are that we see below normal snow out of everything I calculated. Yeah, I think that could possibly be just our setup here in the Pacific Northwest because of uh, where we are you know, with the ocean. But it's hard for us to get snow in Portland. You know, it's it's difficult. It just helps us out a little bit that we have La Nina in our favor this time around. Yeah. Um, so what else is interesting is looking at this consecutive La Nina I think that's the big time. question right it now. It is because – That's what I've been looking into a lot. This is the back-to-back La Nina year, and we've seen that about seven to eight times since the 1950s. So my averages, we got about double the amount of snow in second year La Ninas, about 7.9 inches compared to the 4.3. So, you know, the odds are in favor for at least double the amount of snow in Portland, which is exciting. I mean, if you're a kid that just wants to build a snowman, finally, this this could be the year. The, the odds are in favor for measurable snow, above normal snow, and even double the amount of snow. Yeah, 7.9 is, uh, we're talking about a decent amount there. Do you think that we will see that more in multiple systems or in a big chunk sort of event? Yeah, so last year we, we got 10.1 inches of snow in February. That was the big storm. And a lot of that came over that course of about two to three days. Um, We did see a trace of snow in March. So um, it was just a a season where I had PTSD all the way out into April before (laughs) our chances for snow died for the year, finally. But that was a tough weekend because the snow lingered into Sunday and then Monday even for some. People were out of power for a full week when that ice storm hit. So um, I think we will see it in a number of rounds, as in we could go weeks before we see our next storm system. Before I get to my actual outlook, um, where I, I predict the actual number of snow, mm-hmm. um, inches of snow per month, um, I just want to point out that 
giving a forecast like that, there's absolutely no accuracy behind the actual amount of inches we'll see per month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's no way to know. Otherwise, we'd all be rich. If you've got a meteorology degree, you'd be so rich because everyone would come to you and say, what's the forecast so they can plan out um, their moves and their businesses? And a lot of industries would count on you. Yeah. So this is just looking at historical data and giving odds. Yeah, it's so fluid. So you've looked at the data. You're looking at the odds. Make or break time. Are we going to see measurable snow in Portland this winter? I think we will. I think that just by looking at the stats and the odds I calculated over all the La Nina seasons and the back-to-back seasons um, since about the 1950s, so that's about 70 years of data in Portland, I think there's a really good chance we do see some snow. And what was interesting was tracking the average snowfall by month in Portland for normal years uh, and then La Nina years. I got a quick question for you. Um, do you recall if some of these back-to-back years were like weak La Ninas or if they were paired with you know a moderate and a weak La Nina? Because last year we had a moderate La Nina. And then we kind of right. aimed to maybe a weak one this year. Did, was it just back-to-back La Ninas? That's what we took. Yeah, it was mostly just back-to-back La Ninas. Yeah, I didn't get into the that. finer details. But what I did do was actually pull out five specific years that track how our sea surface temperatures have been going to hopefully get a, a better look. And that's called the analog year method of data. Basically, when you go back to looking at La Nina and Enzo, there is this parameter called ONI, which is the ocean index. It's a it's a temperature index. And each three consecutive month period is is given a measurement. And so they track this over three month periods for years. And the current track is showing a weak La Nina setting up and continuing with uh, the weak La Nina trend and possibly even going into an El Nino heading into next year. So I picked out five other years that followed that similar temperature track to then pull data from those years of snow. And I call those my analog years. And that was the winter of 2011, 2012, also back-to-back La Nina, 1999 to 2000, 1984 to 1985, 1974 to 1975, and then 1955 to 1956. I based my predictions and my outlook on that as well as the back-to-back La Nina averages. Basically, if you look at month-to-month data, in November, my analog years showed an average of 1.6 inches of snow. Tell the people what the average is for November. The average November snowfall is 0.2 inches, which just means we've maybe seen – a handful of years over the last 70 years that have brought us any snow. So it's averaged out to very little snowfall. We should not be getting snow in November typically. Very tough. Um, But my analog years showed over an inch of snow. Mm. So I I just feel like that this may be signaling an active start to the wintertime, meaning we could maybe get snow in December. And then also what was um, eye-catching was January's averages. Both in La Nina years averaged and then my five analog years averaged, we saw above normal snow. My analog years showed over four inches of snow in January and um, La Nina years just under three inches. So, again, I think after the new year, we could see some activity, some snowfall, possibly a good storm or two. Yeah, I think this is my my favorite part of your analysis is breaking it down from the months, from the, the average, the La Nina years and the analog years. 
And yeah, that January seems to be the the month that we should keep an eye on as yeah. we go into the winter months. And January is definitely the one that could be active. And it has been in the past. Too. Right. And again, I do want to point out that we're looking at all these numbers just because we saw it in the past does not mean that right. we will see it this year. We could get zero snow each mm-hmm. and every single month. That is a that is a total possibility here for this coming winter. It's just the odds are in favor for activity in December and activity in January. I don't think we'd be doing our job if we weren't looking at trends, you know? Exactly. And we'll be back with your winter weather outlook and more data on snow in the mountains. Hi, this is Jeff Giannola from Coin6 News, and I'd like to invite you to watch Coin6 News at 10 on Portland CW. It's our award-winning newscast, one hour earlier at 10 o'clock. A full hour of the stories that are important to you and your family from the news team that's watching out for you. Plus, Portland's most accurate forecast certified by weather rate from Chief Meteorologist Natasha Stenbach. See why more people are switching to Coin6 News at 10 on Portland CW. Watching out for you. Cannabis. Cannabis. Less than 10 years ago, it was trafficked in the shadows. Today, you get a receipt with your purchase. I'm Travis Box. Each episode, I'll sit down one-on-one with the major players in the Oregon cannabis industry. The activists. The medical professionals. The legislators. The economists. The regulators. Where does this budding billion-dollar industry go from here? It's the Mainstream Weedia Podcast. Streaming now. On the COIN Podcast Network. And welcome back to your weather winter outlook. So when you look at this La Nina and what's happened historically with La Nina winters, question for the both of you and to discuss a little bit, we got to talk about snow on the mountains. How much snow can these types of systems bring to our mountains? Yeah, that's the big question, right? I mean, I think it... Uh, when everyone hears La Nina in the forecast, they get really excited to be up on the mountain um, to get some snowfall. And it does appear that we usually have more snowfall in the Cascades because if you're thinking, okay, the, the storm track is going to be more active, we may have more precipitation. That doesn't always mean it's going to translate to snow, but for most La Nina events, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, on average, um, Mount Hood Meadows gets about 430 inches at the base per season, and that runs from November through May. They stopped taking data um, during the late spring through mm-hmm. summertime and then early fall. And so I was able to look at Mount Hood data, basically, from Meadows. They provided um, data for me. So kind of them. La Nina winters tend to bring above normal snowfall. Last season, we got 469 inches of snow. And just looking at snow total averages since about 1980, that's um, as much data as they gave me, about 40 years of data. La Nina tends to bring the most snow at about 488 inches per year. Uh, Normal is 430. And in El Nino years, for example, we only, on average, see about 374 inches. So that is about 60 inches below normal. So El Nino will kind of give the cue that our uh, winter seasons can be lacking. So I guess these are are just uh, cues for us. And I think if you are considering buying a pass, I would say, say do it. 
I guess, question it a little more if you were in an El Nino winter time. Um, but even like last year, there were moments where this where we didn't see snowfall for a good two week span, and the slopes were really icy, and uh, we saw very sticky snow. It was too warm up there. So there are still some patches of the winter time, even in a La Nina season, where above normal snow is is predicted that um, the skiing isn't so great. Yeah, there's lulls uh, every winter. There's some moments where you just miss out on some of that fresh powder or it's just the snow levels are maybe not quite as low as we'd like them and, and the snowfall is a little more wet. One of the bigger questions is uh, which resort do you go to? That would you would you spend the most time at? What, what's your favorite here um, among the ones that that caters to Portland? They all bring a little piece uh, to the mountain. So of course, Mount Hood Meadows is just a blast. I think if you're really into going off into some of the terrain, they have some great spots for that. Um, Timberline is just a, a joy to be there because it's historic. It has the lodge, and you kind of approach it differently. You already start up on the top, and you kind of work your way down. I'm a sneaky fan, though, of Ski Bowl. I really enjoy it, but it's tough to get the snow down there sometimes. Yeah, because they sit closer in that 4,000 range, don't they? Yeah, I mean, the parking lot's right there, like a government camp right. pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah, but the, the upper section of Ski Bowl, is, it's like straight down. It's a blast. That's awesome. Yeah. Every ski patroller I've talked to has said that Ski Bowl is their little secret gem. It is. It's fun, but that's yeah. what makes it so difficult to choose. You know, you ask this question, I'm like, all three are great. Right. You know, how about you? I really enjoy Mount Hood Meadows. I mm-hmm. think they just offer such great terrain, especially on the Vista side, yeah. which I think is the east side or the west side if you're uh, looking up the mountain. But Timberline's great too. I really enjoy Palmer. Um, mm-hmm. I've just had some great moments um, going up above Palmer in the snow fields and then skiing down Palmer. Right. Um, I've just spent a lot of time up there. So I think just, that just brings a little bit of nostalgia for me. Yeah, and you can do it late into the season as well. So if we get a hefty La Nina snowfall up on the mountain and then it continues maybe even later into the season, sometimes uh, Timberline up there is a blast. Oh, yeah. Come May. I've done it on my birthday in May. <laughs> yeah, I think the latest I've skied is um, June, like June 30th. So. late in the season. We talked a little bit about the Oregon resorts. As you look at the entire Cascade region this winter, you two are predicting that it's going to be a pretty good winter to be out doing winter sports, skiing, snowboarding, cross-country skiing, snowmobiling. The mountains are going to get some snow. Yeah, they will. I think we'll see plenty of moments um, to have fun in the snow this winter. I'm always curious about the end of winter, like more so in March, April. Sometimes we can just see um, the season pause for a while and the snow is just not great. So I think that is just the section of the season that I'd be a little curious to see how it plays out. Um, But, you know, the heart of winter, um, even into December with this La Nina trend going, I think we'll see a good start to the the winter season and then just some excellent skiing, at least through February. Yeah, extended all the way up through Washington. (laughs) We'll be right back with how La Nina will impact our prolonged drought. Thank you. 
Hello, Coin6 News anchor Emily Burris here. We know your mornings are busy and we want to help you be in the know as you head out the door. That's why the Coin Podcast Network is bringing you a brand new podcast called The Daily Six. Every weekday, we'll bring you the day's six biggest headlines in a quick and concise report on demand and on your schedule. So check out the Coin Podcast Network on coin.com or have The Daily Six sent directly to you each day by subscribing to the Coin Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Coin Six Weather Team has the most accurate forecast in town, certified by WeatherRate. Coin Six Weather, watching out for you. Hi, this is Jeff Giannola from Coin6 News, and I'd like to invite you to watch Coin6 News at 10 on Portland CW, a full hour of the stories that are important to you and your family. See why more people are switching to Coin6 News at 10 on Portland CW. Welcome back to Your Weather Winter Outlook. Okay, Kelly. Okay, Joseph. We've talked a lot about La Nina and we've talked about the amount of snow we could be seeing in some areas, the Willamette Valley, the Portland Metro, the mountains. But generally, this means wetter, too. And one of the biggest questions that everybody has when you look at wet winter is what does this mean for our prolonged drought? What does this mean for the water table? And what does this mean as we come out of this winter headed into looking way ahead into the crystal ball, headed into next summer? Do La Nina winters help us recover from droughts? Yeah, sure. It does seem like there's a perk to the La Nina years and it does um, bring in more rain and precipitation for the Pacific Northwest. So that does include areas of Washington and extending down through Oregon, whereas I think California is kind of there on the cutoff. So pretty much the water year, we keep track of how much rain and uh, precipitation we get uh, starting in October and then it ends right the next, you know, following the end of September there. And so on average, we usually see about 36.9 inches uh, for our water year in Portland, but not the same for La Nina years, right, Kelly? Yeah, we again see above normal rainfall in La Nina seasons. Um, That's 37.7 inches. And so, I mean, that is another favorable stat right there to get some more rain back across this region. Yeah, and we'll take any little bit that we can get because the drought conditions have, you know, they've been down. We've been all over the place for our drought here in uh, Oregon as well as portions of Washington. So if we can get that above average precipitation out of a La Nina, if we could squeeze out a little bit more, um, that definitely will help for the drought. And I think that uh, means uh, a wet winter, as we've been discussing, and hopefully that will extend into portions of uh, the spring as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, when you take a look at last winter, we were also in a La Nina year. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting one of the driest stretches of months from March through August. That was the second driest stretch right. of time uh, across the Willamette Valley. Um, the Oregon State Climate Office came out with that um, data. And I mean, we went through a La Nina winter, so I think there is still room for us to miss the rain. And uh, I think we're in a real 
find right here in Oregon because drought continues even into November here across the entire state. There's still some section of the state that are in exceptional drought. About a quarter of the state is. Um, so I really hope we get more rain. The data is historically showing that we tend to get more. And even my analog years, again, those five years that I, I picked out. This is um, what I think is interesting here. Too. Yeah. Shows even more rain than La Nina's on average at about 39 inches of rain compared to the average, uh, which is 36.9, about 37 inches. So possibly two more inches. And when we see a weather system roll in, sometimes we can get about a quarter of an inch to up to three quarters of an inch per storm. Um, so consider that maybe two to three more storms throughout the entire year here as we head into this type of La Nina pattern. Um, so I would hope we can see a real chip into our drought. But I think these issues with statewide drought will continue for years to come. And it's something that we're going to have to continue to do our rain dances for. Okay, Joseph and Kelly, as we're wrapping up here, and Kelly, I'll go to you first with this. Give me your one paragraph synopsis. What does this La Nina winter mean in your eyes for the Portland metro area, the Willamette Valley, and the mountains in our region? Okay. So, well, uh, La Nina winter can produce significant snow in Portland, like the one we saw last winter in February. So with that, I'm going to lean on the odds that I calculated earlier. Um, I believe we will see measurable snow this winter and also run on the higher side of snow totals with above normal snow in Portland. So more than three or excuse me, 4.3 inches, um, which is enough to shut down the city. So I'm betting we see at least one light snow event before the new year that could maybe drop up to about an inch um, because uh, the data shows that uh, we tend to see an active start to the season. So possibly in December, maybe we get a trace or some sort of snow scare. And then I think we'll see a few moderate snow events after the new year that maybe bring two or more inches of snow. Um, so possibly a couple of storms that bring us maybe two inches or more, maybe up to four inches. And I also think we could stay cold all the way into March, maybe April. Um, that cold condition just kind of lingers. Uh, so maybe even a snow scare into March. So if I had to put a number on it, I am guessing my snow totals for this season will be seven inches or more in Portland. How does that sound? That's a big number. <laughs> <laughs> Same question to you, Joseph. What do you think this winter's what, – what do you think's on tap this winter? You know, Kelly did all the all the research here and she really – she crunched through it. But I, I tend to agree with – um, just the typical La Nina pattern for us here. I am leaning towards more of an active start to to the winter, and I do like how I think Kelly, some of Kelly's research may point to some of that, especially for areas of November. I don't believe that's going to lead to snow for us in Portland, but I think it's going to maybe mean a, a quicker start to our ski season and snowfall up in the Cascades. I believe we're going to have more rain as we go through the winter as well. I'm not sure yet as far as how much snow we're going to get here in Portland, but I will agree that I think it's going to be probably around average or above average, which is pretty typical for uh, a La Nina season. So I'm not going to go uh, out of the way here and make a bold statement, but I, I do believe we're going to have an early start to the winter, especially for the mountains, and we're going to see more rain um, than usual here. Kelly's the bold one. I am. I am uh, <laughs> aggressive in my thoughts. <laughs> well, it sure seems like the February month has been a real challenge lately, and it's, yeah. it's brought in some uh, really deep snowfalls. So we'll see if that happens with the back-to-back -back Lanini years. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. 
Bitcoin Podcast Network is your home for on-demand coverage of local news, sports, weather, and entertainment you won't find anywhere else. You can always find us on coin.com slash podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Cannabis. Cannabis. Less than 10 years ago, it was trafficked in the shadows. Today, you get a receipt with your purchase. I'm Travis Box. Each episode, I'll sit down one-on-one with the major players in the Oregon cannabis industry. The activists. The medical professionals. The legislators. The economists. The regulators. Where does this budding billion-dollar industry go from here? It's the Mainstream Weedia Podcast. Streaming now. On the COIN Podcast Network.